This is episode 50 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the angry Astute listeners of this podcast might have noticed there wasn't an angry tech news last week, thanks to a completely precedented amount of global warming. The Pacific Northwest experienced a previously undiscovered season that I have decided to call winter. A tree coming down in the wind managed to sever the power line between my little tiny side street and the rest of the city last Monday. Not a huge priority for the power company, but... It happened right as I was writing up these stories and kind of lost the ability to write the stories, lost my whole place. Uh, Fortunately, Notepad++ has a save feature, but uh, it took 17 hours to restore. And by then, the time for streaming was gone. The moment was gone. My muse had left me. Uh, I figured, oh, no big deal. I'll just deal with Grumpy Old Ben's the next day. Then, uh, no, Grumpy Old Ben's the next day because of Darren's health. Completely separate thing. Uh, I will note it though, however, that Darren was, I'm, I'm wondering about this Darren health thing. Cause he was well enough to do every other show that week, which makes me a little suspicious. Darren, is it me really? Then Tuesday evening, uh, I love this one. Uh, I got a note from Progo on no agenda social who had canceled his monthly subscription because I wasn't doing shows weekly. I was kind of doing monthly shows and he had just restarted it. And the first one came in. And he says, well, it figures the very moment that I restart the show, Ryan misses a week. Yeah. Now, I do appreciate what you're doing here, Progo, taking responsibility away from me for missing a show. So anybody who found themselves really jonesing from an angry tech news last week, go ahead and blame Progo, not me. Anyway, today I've got a bunch of stories. Uh, It's well, unfortunately, it's an AI heavy story episode, and I do apologize for that, but ChatGPT continues to make headlines everywhere because the tech journals clearly are not as bored with it as I seem to be. Anyway, from the virtual mall rats department, VR headsets these days have a ton of sensors on them, microphones, cameras, accelerometers, etc. When you connect to a VR world or a metaverse, as you will, The data that they send to the server is a privacy invader's dream. Your voice, your features, your facial expressions, your word choice are all cataloged by a Silicon Valley company to be fed into a database for the purpose of marketing to you, controlling you, and ultimately training the AI model that would be replacing you when Skynet comes online. At least that's one possible future. People concerned about privacy can turn off most of these sensors when interacting with VR metaverses. But even the absolute bare minimum of data required to interact in a metaverse can be enough to fingerprint you, at least according to a study from UC Berkeley, which I tend to believe. The motion data being sent to the server, a stream of 3D points, which determines where your hands and your head are. This is about the minimum required for interaction in a virtual space where you have a virtual body that copies what you do. Uh, You have your headset, which has an accelerometer in it, and you generally have hand controllers, which determine where your hands are. And in order for you to, you know, say virtually punch somebody in in meta space, you need to know where those are. Uh, The problem is that that data alone 
can be privacy invading. It's easy enough to infer some obvious characteristics of you, like your height, your handedness, or even your gender. But just the way that you move is in fact unique enough, they determined. Researchers used motion data from each of 50,000 users of the popular VR game Beat Saber. They took 100 seconds of data from each user, and that was enough to uniquely identify users with a 94% accuracy. The paper's conclusion was anonymity may not be possible in metaverses. Uh, they were able to, uh, they were, yeah, yeah. The anonymity may not be possible, might not be a big deal with a single vendor. You know, you might just say, oh, I'm not going to play Beat Saber, um, especially since you arguably trust them enough that you bought their game. But the data, remember, uh, in order to use a metaverse has to be sent to all, quote, nearby users so that they, in their virtual view can place your character in game. The problem is that any single one of them could be recording the stream of position data and doing this exact same analysis on it. So it's not just the company that you have to worry about. The metaverse is they're trying to sell us mirror uh, that that they're trying to sell us mirrors the internet. You walk down a virtual main street, the shops are open left and right. You try to the you know, you walk down uh, you, minority report level things where you walk past a storefront and it says, oh, I know who you are. You're going to get custom advertisement, et cetera. You, you, you walk past the Microsoft virtual store and Bill Gates knows exactly who you are and what you're doing as sure as if they used facial recognition on everyone walking through a physical mall. OK, a physical mall. What the hell's that? Uh, asks my Gen Z listeners. Go find somebody older than you. Anyway. We didn't need a research paper to come to this conclusion. We barely even needed a network sniffer. Uh, in order to put you into a game world, you have to send a constant stream of data generated by you. That should be a privacy red flag for anybody who cares. Uh, it's not significantly different than the signals that you send in the real world, your appearance, how you move, how you talk. Maybe this isn't that bad. I mean, if I go out on the street, yeah, that's that's a weird scenario if I go outside, but if I go out on the street, I'm sending all sorts of signals that anybody nearby can see. So why should I be concerned about doing this in in me in uh, virtual space? Well, in the real world, somebody who wants to track your every move or better yet, track the every move of 50,000 people all at once has to invest in enough cameras to cover every single physical location that you go. And remember, there are a lot of places enacting laws that protect you from constant camera spying that this doesn't scale. In the real world, it's it's difficult to do. But in the virtual world, it's as easy as just recording the constant stream of data that's already being sent. So I guess what I'm saying is virtual worlds kind of scary from a privacy perspective. Of course, somebody who really wants to know doesn't have to track you in meta space. They could just convince you to install an app and have your phone do it for them. Right. <laughs> From the Do Facebook Next, Please department, in two separate articles, the BBC has reported that both the EU Commission and Canada have banned TikTok for governor, government workers. The EU Commission made the move for 32,000 permanent and contract employees who uh, uh, presumably uh, do this on their personal devices, but they must remove the app as soon as possible and no later than 15th of March. They say they will block any corporate apps if they don't uh, if they don't comply too much coffee today uh blocking the corporate apps includes blocking skype blocking the teams well you know the well 
corporate apps that are already spying on you. I'm not sure exactly how they do this on private devices, probably invasive scans. And I'm betting that there's an app to do that, that you have to install. But regardless, if you are an EU commission worker and you have TikTok on your device, you will not be able to access your work functions. If you have TikTok after March 15th, the government of Canada has also banned TikTok from all government issued devices, which joins the US federal government who banned the app on all government provided devices and several states who have banned it for all government employees and would probably try to ban it from everybody everywhere, no matter what, if they can. Which means that the war on TikTok continues for the unabated. Uh, the thing that I always have to bring up when this happens is why is TikTok special? TikTok is not the only app that is compromising your privacy. Uh, the Facebook does it. Instagram does it. Google apps do it. Hell, if you just have Google play services, then your privacy is being given up. But no, all these governments have latched onto the idea that TikTok is the only thing or the worst thing to ever hit your privacy anyway. To me, I really just have to wonder what the hell TikTok is doing on the government provided devices anyway. Don't these people have jobs that they should be doing? From the machine assisted thinking department. AI continues to come for all of our jobs. This time, local drive time DJs. Uh, this, com <laughs> this story, I had this story. I was totally going to break it. And then, you know, Adam Curry scoops me on no agenda. But pretend that you don't listen to that show. Because a media company called Futuri has launched a service called Radio GPT. They call it the world's first AI-driven localized radio station. They say it's more than just a playlist which uh, AI has been able to do for decades, as long as you call it an algo. It also composes DJ breaks in between the songs to talk about the songs or artist, uh, to tease and promote whatever content has the payola these days, to talk about current events in your market in real time, uh, to provide weather and traffic on the nines, to post on social media during the show to talk about what's coming up so that I guess people driving in their cars can go ahead and check the posts on social media instead of paying attention to the roads, whatever, or maybe it's just bots talking to bots. I'm not sure how that social media stuff works. I'm, I'm not interested. And they can incorporate listener voice messages into the show and even give away prizes via the Futuri app. They have to use an app because phone calls are so 1992. The, the, the uh, entire pitch was given by an AI generated video with a, uh, a, a person, they, I don't know, it was, uh, why? Okay, let me back up. Why the hell do companies, can't, you, you can't do a press release by just putting up a paragraph of text. Some of us still know how to read, you know. No, everything has to be a video. I had to watch, anyway. Uh, the AI in this said, uh, quote, I have experience conducting interviews with notable guests and experts, which is one of the pitches. An intriguing line, experience, experience with who? What? What? Who has who has this AI already interviewed? Uh, how uh, again? Can you give an example? Uh, what's a notable guest and expert? One of the testers at your company? Anyway, of course. Anyway, so the the video where they narrated this and and again, you know, go listen to No Agenda. I don't I don't play clips, but they played some of this video. Um, the video I would call seven minutes of my life that I won't get back. They it has a lifeless voice, a talking head with dead eyes. AI technology these days continues to broadcast deep from the heart of Uncanny Valley. But anyway, as with all new AI powered things, 
This radio GPT will definitely suck at first and be a poor substitute for the real thing. The, well, benefit or problem, depending on how you see it, is that it will get better, um, possibly to the point where we can't tell the difference. Uh, eventually, society will be upended as most of the jobs get done by humans getting replaced, humans getting replaced by computers, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. But I digress. This isn't a show on philosophy. And besides, I don't have that much time to go into it. The AI is coming for the podcaster's jobs next. Microsoft has released automatic updates to its Bing, Edge, and Skype mobile apps, bringing ChatGPT integration, giving mobile users the opportunity to chat with a woke bot that might lie to you, threaten you, tell you to leave your spouse, and other pathological behaviors that used to be uniquely human. For now, to receive this kind of computer-generated abuse, you have to have applied to be in their beta, and there's a wait list. But worry not, whether you want them to be or not, these apps are coming to an automatic update near you. Wait, I'm not playing that. Still on AI. Snap Inc. has added an AI-powered chatbot to Snapchat. Currently available to Snapchat Plus members who pay $4 a month for... Actually, I have no idea what Snap offers for $4 a month, to be honest. I, I guess they offer a chatbot. But now they add, are adding a chatbot to that. Uh, they have plans to bring it to all Snapchat users eventually. Uh, Snapchat... Uh, acknowledges that other AI bots have not mad, had the smoothest start, so they opened up by uh, apologizing in advance to for any racist or problematic things that the bot might say, or fake news that it tries to pass off as fact. Uh, quote, as with all AI-powered chatbots, my AI is prone to hallucinations and can be tricked into saying just about anything. Please be aware of its many deficiencies and sorry in advance. All conversations with my AI will be stored and may be reviewed it to improve product experience. So uh, with a pitch like that, who could possibly go wrong? You, you got Snapchat. You really want your you, you want hallucinations from an AI <laughs> robot fever dreams. Anyway, OK, I need to stop laughing. I'm starting to sound like Camelot. They follow up with, please do not share any secrets with my AI and do not rely on it for advice. Honestly, I have nothing to add to that. Spotify is also jumping on the AI bandwagon with an announcement last week that they have added an AI DJ to their app. Uh, quote, an AI guide that knows you and your music taste so well, it can choose what to play for you. The exact functionality that 10 years ago we would have called their algorithm. The main difference I can see is that now a robotic and lifeless voice will talk to you in between songs, which I guess is just as annoying as a drive time DJ. It's Spotify, so you also get the ad breaks, which means all Spotify really needs is traffic and weather on the nines so it can compete with Radio GPT or just compete with radio, a technology that's been entertaining us with lifeless voices and boring personalities of ambiguous intelligence for more than 50 years. AI isn't just for radio, in case you were wondering. ChatGPT's distinctly verbose circumlocutory, I should not have written this word down, circumlocutory, loquacious, or just plain wordy style, is perfect for lazy authors who have a book idea they'd love to cash in on, but don't want to put in the effort of actually writing a book. As a result, Amazon is now seeing a boom in AI-written books. Reuters reports that as of mid-February, there are over 200 books on the list that, chat G that list ChatGPT as an author or co-author in the Amazon search, although I did an unscientific check just now, that listed only 152, not sure if they purged or if I don't know how to search, both of those are possible. But it includes titles like 
how to write and create content using ChatGPT. That, by the way, is that list is only the people who bothered to give the service credit. No clue how many people decided to write books and pass it off entirely as their own. More than half of the books that are being distributed for or by ChatGPT are being distributed for free on Amazon, but nearly as many are being sold for $2.99 to $4.99 and as high as $12.99. Now, the Supreme Court, if you have recalled in the past, has ruled that AI cannot hold copyright, which means you can be sure that OpenAI and ChatGPT's authors are not getting credit for books that ChatGPT is writing. And all that money is being pocketed by their co-authors or, or their unnamed authors, which I got to say, not bad for an afternoon of work, feeding prompts into OpenAI's webpage and making $4.99 a shot on it. The AI book craze has become so popular that the editors of Clark's World magazine made news last week by banning AI written submissions from their main publication. Clark's World is a magazine that publishes original sci-fi and fantasy fiction and has been doing so for decades. Um, they received, they say, more than 500 submissions from, quote, banned writers who submitted plagiarized or machine-generated stories, 500 in February, which is up from 100 in January and a baseline of about 25 per month in October, which was shortly before ChatGPT was released in November. The, the statement that they make on the use of AI writing tools in ChatGPT now is, uh, we will not consider any submissions written, developed, or assisted by these tools. Attempting to submit these works may result in being banned from submitting works in the future. The problem, of course, is that detecting these stories isn't easy. Automated tools for detecting uh, AI-generated text still have a reasonably low accuracy rate. The best tool to detect them is still human readers, who all too often find a story hails from the deep forests of the uncanny, uncanny valley but human readers do not scale to the level of fraudulent or AI generated submissions that are being sent in to all of these publications these days, often egged on by AI written how-to manuals on Amazon. So the number of submissions continues to rise, and this is a problem that they do not anticipate going away anytime soon. Finally, our last AI headline, Chinese regulators have started cracking down on ChatGPT and other AI generated services instructing Tencent and Ant Group, which is a Chinese tech subsidiary of Alibaba, to not offer access to ChatGPT services on their platform, citing AI's tendency to spout uncensored and dangerous replies. Which I think is funny because I cite the same reason why you shouldn't use the AI for information. I say it because it's off likely to be wrong or to be gaslighting you. Chinese government says it because they don't like anything they can't control. I guess OpenAI just can't win. So anyways, uh, okay, too much AI news today. I apologize for that. Uh, next week, we will get back to news of data breaches or other things that pass for tech news these days, like press releases. ChatGPT and AI in general are a fad. Um, it's being gripped by all the tech reporters. So at this point, AI is taking up probably a full 40% of all of the tech stories that are hitting my feeds, which probably means that I need to go find some new feeds. But anyway, I think I'm going to cut back on the number of AI stories for the future. Uh, this episode will be a fluke. I'm only going to report from now on on actual breakthroughs when things change. Not just press releases, product announcements from companies jumping on the AI bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yada, yada, yada. As much fun as it is to make fun of companies latching onto the latest things and getting it horribly wrong with no innovation whatsoever. We don't want it to get boring. 
As always, though, for a more thorough and enthusiastic reading of AI news, check out the AI Cooking Show at its website, ai.cooking. Angry thanks to Baron West of the Balderdash, Brian Janak, Sean McCune, Baron Spud the Mighty, Progo, Rachel Zimmerman, Raymond Zorger, Eric Rankin, Christopher, Christopher Reamer, and Sharky for their support of Angry Tech News this, well, two-week segment. Angry Tech News <clears throat> is produced on the Value for Value model. We don't take sponsors, we don't play ads, and we don't charge you to listen. But we are funded by your donations. If you received some value from listening to this show, please send some value back. Go to angrytechnews.com and click on the donate button. Send what you think this episode was worth to you, whether it's a dollar or a hundred dollars. That's it for now. I'm Ryan Bemrose, the Angry Programmer with a mic. I'll be back next week with more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News with the Angry Programmer, Ryan Bemrose at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry, stay angry.